We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Steven Adams is a monster, man. He's a, <laughs> he's a monster like somebody from Game of Thrones or something. Like, we call him uh, Gandalf because, like, he's never early or late. He's always <laughs> at the right time. And my job is to never stop, regardless of percentages. I don't really give a damn about percentages, honestly. All I care about is wins. If y'all didn't quite get it, let me say it again. I'm here to stay. Hello and welcome to the Uncontested podcast where we cover the NBA, OKC, Thunder, and pop culture. You can find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, and at our website, theuncontestedsports.com. I am the Thunder Mob, Jacob Niffin, and today I am joined by Kamiar Morabian, who is probably eating birthday cake ice cream. I thought about going to get it. I was so close to going and getting it before the football game, and I decided, no, nah, I'll just have some coffee instead. Aww. I'm also joined so by close. Nick Crane, who is currently drafting his fantasy football team. Just picked Saquon Barkley number one. I'm hoping the hype is real. That's uh, I'm not good at fantasy football, but that seems kind of like a stretch, bud. We'll see what happens. Well, fingers crossed for you. We have not podcasted in like 10 days, so we've got some stuff to talk about. We're going to break down some stuff going on with the Thunder, including Kyle Singler no longer being in Oklahoma City. We're going to look at some stuff going on around the association. There's been some uh, some pretty big things happening in the league. We're going to have a pop culture minute. So let's just jump right on into stuff, not onto stuff. Let's jump into it instead. With the Thunder as a whole. So like I just said, gentlemen, Kyle Singler, no longer part of this roster. We do not have to see that haircut on this team. 
ever again. How does that make you feel? Very I indifferent. Mean, indifferent? Why indifferent? Because every, every team's got to have that guy that sucks and just kind of sits on the bench and doesn't do anything. Who's that guy for the Warriors? Um, that would have been... Well, that's probably why they won the championship. <laughs> Let me look up Golden State's roster real quick. I'm, I'm kind they of had, with you on that. They had a scrub. Um, Was Zaza? Every team has someone um, on the end of their bench, at the end of the roster, that just isn't good. Um, Omri Caspi. Yeah, maybe like Omri Caspi. Um, like this year, maybe for them, that'll be uh, like Jonas Jerebko. Uh, Quinn Cook never saw time when everyone was healthy, you know. So, I mean, every team has a player like that. And actually, I think the Thunder. I mean, I know a lot of people are like was really turned off by that singular contract, but there's other teams that are paying players just as bad as singular, like a lot more money. The Thunder have actually been, you know, pretty smart as far as um, not wasting a whole bunch of money on a really bad player. I think, anyways. Yeah, I mean, for the most part. They're just continuing the trend of them getting rid of players that can't play. Yep. Um, I'm down with that. So the big thing about this Kyle Singler being bought out is they not only do they waive him, but they stretch his contract. They will pay off his salary over the next five years. Thanks to a little uh, a little loophole. Technically, Kyle Singler had two years left on his contract, but the second year was non-guaranteed. So it was basically like he just had one. But the way the stretch provision works is you can uh, double the length of the contract plus one. That's how many years you have to pay off that person's contract. So since Singler technically had two years left, the Thunder were able to stretch him over five years which makes it roughly a million dollars a year that they will be paying Kyle Singler. He will be on the books for a million a year for the next five years. However, it saves them $24 million in tax this coming season. So that's, that's kind of the big thing is we'll, we'll still see Kyle Singler's name under cap holds until 2023, but it's only $1 million. So it's going to be like less than 1% of the cap. So it's technically not that big of a deal, but since the Thunder and the repeater tax, it saves them almost $25 million in tax. So see wow. my thing, my thing is with, as least as far as tax goes, I know everyone was freaking out that our tax bill is so high that at the end of the day, if if they're willing to pay that much in taxes, I really don't care. Yeah, it's not our money. You know, it doesn't yeah, affect us. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Brian Windhorst is very concerned about OKC's tax bill. Yep, <laughs> that's true. But the Thunder have shaved like a ton of tax money after the mellow trade and then now after this stuff with Kyle Singler. Um, and not only does, sorry, I got do you think, there for a second. Do you no. think Kyle Singler cried like a little bitch when they pulled him in the office and they told him that they were going to cut him? Or do you think he was expecting it? Dude, honestly, like seeing Kyle Singler, I bet he was like indifferent. I bet he was just like, eh, I'm okay. Guess I'll just go uh, fucking float some more and vape. Like, 
he just he he, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would be upset about it to me. Like, do I don't you know. think Kyle Singler vapes? Oh, one hundred percent. He has to do one hundred percent. And I don't and I don't think he's just vaping uh, regular um, clouds. I think it's uh, that that smelly stuff. Probably so. I feel like he, I feel like he like doesn't vape or smoke at all. I mean, I know he goes to the pump and go, like, goes and gets drinks and like has his hood over his head because he doesn't want anybody to know it's him. But I don't think he does. That. I can like, see Kyle Singer like, like not oh. smoking weed because he thinks smoking's bad for you. So instead, he just like eats weed brownies or something. <laughs> I can see that too. Like, it's it, possible. I mean, like he's fun. He spent a lot way. of his money into like organic farming um, stuff in OKC. He's such a hipster. He, he really is, is such a hipster. But no, like yeah, I mean, end of the end of the line, like. From what I understand, he was he was nice to work with the, the media. Even though he didn't play, he always showed up to the arena and like got in a workout and and pre- prepared himself and practiced hard. And he just didn't end up being any good, you know. And but from what I understand, he was a he was a pretty good guy to be around. He was wasn't a, tr- a problem for the organization. He did things the right way. So you know, good for him and. I mean, what, what do you guys ex- what do you guys expect from him? Is is he going to be playing in Europe or China? I th- I think he's done. I don't think I don't think he's at he's at an age now where he's going to make all this money, whether he's being stretched or not. I think he's just going to go live life. He's okay, not going to try to go play go. for a couple of years and try to make it back in the league. At this point, that's not going to happen. I think you probably end up doing something back at Duke. I could see that. I could yeah. See- he and he seems like he's a pretty frugal guy. Like one time, whenever I saw the team at the airport and they were all leaving, everyone was in like their super nice cars, and Kyle Singler pulled out in like a 2012 Ford Fusion. You know, so like he, it, I, I don't think he spends a whole lot of money. Um, so he could probably like live off of this last paycheck that he got from the Thunder and just call it good. You know. But yeah, I could see him going back and maybe being like an assistant or a trainer or something at Duke. That would make some sense. It's going to have all those dudes float, float tanking. Yep. Have them float tank and like see psychologists or something. I don't know. So let's move on. I have a game that I want us to play. I thought this would be kind of fun since there's like absolutely nothing about basketball to talk about right now because it's just the dead period. Um, so I'm going to give you guys a hypothetical and then we can all three discuss it. All right. Are you guys ready for this? Yeah. No, oh, no. Well, get ready, buddy. Cause here we go. What? Who's going to play for, who's going to play singular spot now that there's an open roster spot. Uh, that's a good question. I bet they leave the, the roster spot open until the trade deadline and the buyout. Unless, so they only, don't, don't they only have 13 Rodney guys Hood. now? Don't they only have 13 guys under contract right now? Yeah, that might be true. But I think you can have as little as 13. Maybe they just bump um, no, it's DeAndre 14. Burton up to um, up to a regular contract. Just a, a you, have have, you have to have 14 by the beginning of the season. Oh, Dude, there's a lot thinking. of free agents out there. Like Swaggy P still out there. Rodney Hood still out there. There's a lot of guys out there. Yeah. Corey Brewer still out there. Still. I don't think they're bringing him back. Burton's going to be the guy. I think so as well. All right, here's the game. 
I am putting you all in charge of the Thunder in-game operations. And you have one specific job. You have to come up with a playlist of different songs. Um, only like three to five second clips of different songs. Um, each player on the roster has a song. And you play their song after they score a basket. Okay, so like for forever now, whenever Russ hits a uh, hits a free throw in the peak, they always play, whoop, there it is. But like just that little clip. So... I'm going to give you guys a player and you have to tell me which song and what three to five second clip you are going to pick to play after that player makes a basket. Make sense? All right. Okay. Let's start off with what I think is one of the easier ones. Russell Westbrook. What song are you guys going to play for us? Let's say he comes down. He, uh, he splits the double team, makes a layup. You hit the button in the in the arena to play the sounder, and what comes out? It's gotta be Lil Uzi's "Now I Do What I Want." Yes, yeah, exactly what I was gonna say. That's easy. That that that's a good one. I yeah, uh, I actually didn't go with that one. I have two for Russ that we could use, but I didn't go with "Do What I Want." Although I think that's a really good one. Uh, my first one is from "The Heart Part 4 by Kendrick Lamar, where he says, "You switch sides on me, homie. Now you're about to meet Westbrook." I thought that'd be a good one because it's it's Kendrick. He's from L.A. Russ is from L.A. It's a Westbrook name drop. And then the other one I had was Ice Cube. Isn't the next lyric in that where he says he's going to slap the shit out you? Now you're about to meet Westbrook? I think so. Yeah, yeah. because he's basically talking about uh, um, KD. when KD left. Yeah. My other lyric for Russ is from Ice Cube. When I get on the court, you know I'm trouble. F***ed around, got a triple-double. There you go. That's cute. Because obviously he's, uh, he's the, the triple-double king. So. The king. All right, next one. What song are you going to play whenever Andre Robertson uh, cuts back door and gets a dunk? I went with uh, Stanky Leg on this one. Any reason why or just cause? Yeah, I mean, whenever you're doing the stanky leg, you're using a lot of your knees in there, and I just think that that's a song that's going to be good for Dre coming back off that knee injury. All right, all right, I dig it. Call me, are you got a song for Dre? Yeah, I got one. Uh, Y'all know how at the end of the Super Bowl, they always play that song. No, it's not the Super Bowl, the March Madness. They always play that song called One Shining Moment. Yes. (laughs) That's the song I'd like to play for Trey when he makes to bat any sort of basketball move that involves him getting points they just play one shining moment especially if it's a free throw all right all right I uh I went with forgot about Dre by Eminem I just figured that'd be a good one because the defense is going to forget about him because no one's paying attention to Andre on offense so I wouldn't either all right next one Paul George gets a kick out from Russell Westbrook pulls up from three hits it you hit the button to play the Paul George song, and what is it? Call me on. Um, I didn't really find anything in particular. Nothing really particular came to mind. So I just said something by Coltrane. Generally something jazzy. If you don't know what Coltrane is and you don't know what jazz is, then you're an uncultured swine, but Coltrane 
um, something like that. Uh, it's just, it just makes sense for his style of play. It makes sense for his style of shooting the ball in rhythm. Very nice. Nick, did you get one for PG? Yeah, I don't know the name of the song, and that's going to be a common trend in this game because I don't know song names. Uh, but just to troll uh, the state of California, I would like to play that song that says, uh, California knows how to party. Isn't that Dr. Dre? I'm not even sure, to be California honest. California yeah, knows that one. how to party. Yes. Dude, yes. That's, that's, that's Tupac. Oh, well, it was produced by Dre. My bad. I was thinking California Love, but that's Tupac yeah, that's, as well. That's, but that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, it's California Love. Yeah, Tupac produced by Dre. I yeah, for a PG, little before my time. Yeah. Uh, hey, but that makes sense though because you know from LA, yada yada. I'm going for PG uh, because he decided to stay in Oklahoma City. Every time he hits a basket, it's going to play. I got loyalty, got royalty inside my DNA by Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. You have to stop with the Kendrick Lamar stuff. Those are the last. Those are the only two Kendrick ones I did. I just thought they made sense because they're both LA guys. Next is are Jeremy Grant. So Jeremy Grant catches a, a lob or something, gets a dunk, and what song are you guys gonna have play for Jeremy Grant? That one was tough. I couldn't really think of anything. Uh, that would like match anything he's done um, or like anything to go with his name. Uh, I just went ahead and went with Gucci Gang because it's just kind of like a hyped up song and I feel like the only <laughs> plays Jeremy Grant ever makes are like super hype plays and are just like normal plays. They're either like wild dunks or some freak athletic thing. So it's just kind of a bump up song. All right, all right. Call me already, you got one for Grant? Yeah, since he's always like always always in the air either it's a dunk or he's finishing or getting alley-oop i've got the song higher by creed we are we are losing we are losing followers by the minute i went with jump by chris cross jump jump because he he jumps all the time so yeah all right this is a good one we better have some good ones for this. Steven Adams finishes a pick and roll, gets a dunk. You hit the sounder for Steven Adams, and what does it play, Nick? Hard in the paint. Oh, my gosh. That's a good one. I didn't even think of that. That's incredible. Waka Flocka. Call me out what do yeah. you play for, for Steven. The Game of Thrones theme song. Okay, very I good. I like that. <laughs> I went for Steven Adams. It's going to play I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys. But it's not going to play the actual song. It's going to play the clip of when Steven and Dre were singing I Want It That Way in that van out in New Zealand. That video was like really popular on YouTube. So it's going to be Steven singing the Backstreet Boys. Good idea. All right. Not bad. The new boy in town, Dennis Schroeder, he comes in off the bench. He gets his uh, his first drive and uh, and layup at the rim this season. Game one, inside the peak. What song plays for Schroeder, Kamiar? I went with DMX's The Rough Rider anthem because there have been plenty instances 
him and his boys have stopped, dropped, uh, rolled down, put up shop, and then had people outside of a nightclub. So that's what I went Stop. out. Drop. It's a good song. Uh, Nick, what song did you pick I, for Dennis Schroeder? I went, I went with uh, Black and Yellow by Wiz Khalifa because he has that Wiz Khalifa. Uh, or did I guess he shaved it off now? But he had that Wiz Khalifa blonde in his hair. Okay, very good. Um, I went really lame with this one. But if you play this song, like I, maybe I'll just drop the song on the podcast, like a clip of it, so you guys can hear it. I went with the German national anthem. There you go. Not I was I was trying to find something German, but I I didn't know any of the songs. Obviously, yeah. is it in Ramstein? 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 German? Ooh. Du hast, du hast, du hast, du hast mich, du hast mich. Yeah, they've got like a Mickey Mouse song too. It's real weird, it's like demonic. Ramstein's just weird. All right, next one. Nerlens Noel. He gets in the game. He catches a lob from Schroeder. He gets a dunk. What song is playing for Nerlens Noel? Nick, what do you got? Uh, this is another one I don't actually know the, the name for. I was a lot younger when it came out, but it's the one that says, uh, back then they didn't want me, now I'm hot, they all want me, because he My is a guy that right now, in the league right now, he's kind of uh, one of those guys that people say is a bust, and I think that once he gets this uh, OKC system and this winning culture in his veins, he's going to start uh, balling out, and he's going to make a name for himself and be a, a big name in the league. That, that's uh, I like that one. And Mike Jones was um, was an incredible rapper who made tons of money just screaming his name and his telephone number on tracks. Mike Jones. 281 330 I like it. Come here, what'd you do for Nerlens? I went with two chains. I'm different. Because just like everybody else, that sits on the bench. He does not do that. He goes and eats hot dogs. Very good. We'll see. I went with I went the hot dog direction, and I went with the song "Hot Dog" by Limp Biscuit. <laughs> Limp Biscuit. Limp Biscuit is possibly <laughs> the worst band in the history of forever, but it just made sense. Man. You don't like Fred Durst? I Fred Durst and his back. I Cats. do not like Fred Durst. Let's move on from this conversation and go to Terrence <laughs> Ferguson. He did it all for the nookie. For the nookie. So you could take the Come cookie. On and shove it up. Yay! All right, let's talk about Terrence, Terrence Ferguson. <laughs> oh, all right, Nick, Terrence Ferguson, what song is playing for Ferg? Uh, uh, no particular reason for this other than I feel like he's just kind of a DM guy but I said down in the DM because he just seems like that like teenage kid that'd be DMing all the girls when he's, he's, a, he's a stud athlete that just DMs everybody alright very good he DMs anybody now his, his pregnant wife's gonna beat the out of him that is true call me on what'd you go with for Ferg this one's too easy and when I say when I say it too easy, will you say how easy is it? How easy is it? So I'm gonna say it? it again. This this you don't you f-ed it up. Oh, I tend to this do that. one oh, was shit. too easy. How easy? <laughs> so easy. It's gotta be Fergalicious. Uh that's perfect. That's yeah, a good one. I didn't. How did I not think about that? Yeah, 
That's what I'm wondering. How did I not think of that? Fergalicious. That's good. I did not come up with one for Terrence Ferguson. I tried to just wow. find a song about like being skinny and eating disorders, but then I thought that'd be too insensitive. So. Alex Abrinas comes in, hits a three. We hit the play button. It plays the song over the speakers, and that song, Call Me R, is... This one, by the way, was my favorite one I come up with. And I think I listened to this woman's soundtracks for the next 45 minutes after I figured out this, this, should, be, this should be a song. Go for it. I don't think, I don't think you know. Okay. Uh, Selena Elos Dinos. I know it's going to be Selena. And he should be playing Bitty Bitty Bum Bum. Bitty bitty bum bum, bitty bitty bum bum, bitty bitty bum bum, because they both speak Spanish. All right. Different di- different dialects, but you know, senior splash. Nick, what did you go with for Abrinas? I went with a uh, classic uh, Despacito. Oh, okay, very nice. I went with the Macarena. It's also Spanish. <laughs> he is goofy <laughs> enough to come down the court doing that kind of thing. Dude, do you know how happy it would make me if Macarena? If Abrinas hit a three and his celebration was he started doing the Macarena and like put his hands on his hips and shook his ass and then ran back down on defense. That, that would song make is me dirty. Have you like I want you to go and research that song after the podcast. I will do so because I like dirty songs that are sung by Spanish people. Spanish old men hanging out with women with nothing on. That was like ahead of its time really for the early 90s all right do you Should guys have any BT. other any other players any other songs or any other players i do not no i came up with one besides the one we went over and that is timote luawu cabaro also known as tlc chasing waterfall we'll be playing Just don't go chasing that's a good song, man. TLC is a great like song. I thought about going with Scrubs, but I didn't think that it would that it fit him. I think don't go chasing one. Oh, he because he might be he might be a scrub. He might be a scrub, but a scrub is the guy that can't get no love from me. I don't I don't I don't mess with the scrubs, dude. You got to be a good player. I don't like guys hanging out the passenger side of their best friend's ride. Do you think that they didn't like? the guys that were scrubs or they just don't like wearing the, the hospital scrubs that they wear at That's a good hospitals. question. Maybe it's a little bit of both. But if a guy is wearing hospital scrubs, he's probably not a You scrub better get with them. Because yeah. he's probably got money if he's a doctor in a hospital. And he's, he saves people's lives. Yeah, I mean, not only is he rich, but he's TLC, doing like a very virtuous job. TLC should have been more clear. Yeah. Probably just gold digging. All right, let's move on to Around the Association. All around the world. Bring it around town. Bring it around town. All right. So first of all, I'm hoping these rule changes don't end up like the NFL rule changes where everyone freaks out. But they don't seem to be they don't seem to be nearly as controversial as some of those they're changing. Uh, basically, uh, the shot clock will be resetting to 14 seconds on an offensive rebound uh, instead of all the way back to 24. That one's uh, interesting to me p- because like 
I know they tried this out in Summer League, right? Yeah. Yes. I, I guess the, the thought process is to just speed the game up. You're already super fast. Yeah, but... It kind of, it kind of uh, seems to be one of those rules where it's going to force teams to get a rebound, kick it out, and jack up a three yep. instead of resetting an offense, which just means more three-pointers. Yeah. See, that, it makes me think of the teams that are, that are slower in pace in, as far as what they're going to do. Because like, there are teams like Houston that, like, Houston, they were actually in the middle of the pack in pace last year, and people don't yeah. realize that. They say, People think that they were really high. They weren't. So it makes me think of teams that are middle of the pack to the bottom in pace, how that's going to affect their offense going forward. Definitely, and I think this, this rule affects the Thunder a lot because the Thunder were the leading offensive rebounding team in the league last year. You know, so the the Thunder, you know, constantly got offensive rebounds and got it reset to 24. I also think it plays a really big role at the end of games, you know. Um, now, if a team shoots with 20 seconds left and gets an offensive rebound, you don't have to immediately foul. You can still play defense and get the ball back with six seconds to go. So I think it makes the end of games a little more interesting as well, and it might change a little bit of the strategy at the end of games as far as intentionally fouling. Yeah. Uh, they're also going to be adjusting the clear path rules uh, that will benefit a team um, from scoring or benefit teams that are trying to score in transition in any way. Um, and they're also going to um, adjust the rules and hostile acts between players, coaches, fans, and refs have been expanded uh, rather than just between the players. And they, they're going to do a lot more reviewing and kind of things this year. Um, so it's nothing that's going to really change um, the game too dramatically, but I do think there will be some games throughout the year where, those, where these will directly affect the game and how they end up. Uh, so overall, do you think these are good changes, bad changes, or do you think we're not even going to notice 90% of the time? I think the clear path stuff is another good thing for the Thunder because we saw in the playoffs that anytime the Thunder tried to run, Utah would just grab somebody. You know, So now um, that type of stuff won't happen anymore because if it does, it's two shots in the ball. So it, it allows teams to get on the break more and you can't grab even if somebody even if a defensive player is back still in front of the play, if he intentionally fouls on a fast break, it is now a clear path path clear path foul and it's two shots in the ball. So I think that benefits the Thunder because as we've seen this summer, the Thunder are building a roster that's designed to play defense and run. And so if you foul them on the break there's a chance it's going to be a clear path. I enjoy running. Like running basketball or just you just like to go run? Mm, yes, I guess. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think uh, uh, I, I, like, I like the clear path <clears throat> rule. Um, the hostile act thing, um, you know, I that'll be interesting because, I mean, I think last year was – I mean, I've watched the NBA for a lo- long time, and last year was um, probably the worst year I can remember – with relationships between players and refs. I mean, it was early last season whenever Sean Livingston headbutted that ref, wasn't it? Yep. So, like, you know, that I, I feel like that's almost coming out of, like, safety for, like, you know, things not escalating. Well, my thing is that now you can finally call a penalty or a foul or some sort of, some sort of, I don't know, tax or whatever you want to call it on teams like 
the Rockets where CP3 is constantly, constantly, constantly bugging at referees and constantly yelling. Like it's like the Warriors. They are. It's not. It's not like it. They are. They definitely are entitled, and they scream, shout at the referees more than any other organization. Draymond Green's and, the worst, man. That's what I'm saying. So instead of like them having just to review, oh, he didn't do it to a player. He's just yelling at the referee and getting a technical foul. They can go back and look at like, man, this guy's being verbally abusive and he's kind of a dickhead anyways. Let's just get him out of the game. Yep. That's how I'm looking at it. And, um, and, and I, my, my biggest fear, and I hope that they can adjust to this, is they whenever the refs call um, these like aggressive plays and aggressive acts either towards the ref or towards another player um, they're very subjective you know it's like was this aggressive for this player and you know in, in that respect i feel like draymond green gets away with everything like draymond oh my green gosh, yes. like i feel like draymond green like goes up to a ref like monty mccutcheon's like look here i hope your kids die and i'm gonna skull then he gets a tech, but Draymond Green's over here saying, like, I'm going to commit an act of terrorism on the United States of America. And the refs are like, oh, okay, whatever, bro. Like, keep playing. It's just Draymond. It, it Draymond being me. Draymond. It frustrates me. Clearly. Yeah, I think, I, think it'll be, I think it'll be a good change, or all these will be good changes for the Thunder. I don't know how often we'll see this actually benefit from these but it will be nice to see um also uh we had walt frazier make some comments on kd uh i'm not going to read the quote but basically he's saying as good as a player as kd is um he's still holding back because because of what kd did uh leaving a team uh, like the thunder where he could have you know his legacy and, and been that guy that brought a, brought a title to a city that's never had it and beat the Warriors, but instead he went to a team that didn't need him. Um, what are your thoughts on this take? Obviously, I think we all agree with that, um, but, but what do you think about that? I think he's right on the money, and I think he's. Th- I think he says out loud what everybody else thinks. So, so I mean, like he says, he's going to be. He's a great player. He will overtake LeBron James probably this season or the next as the greatest player in the world, but. Since he did pull a bitch move, in which CJ CJ McCollum and everybody else thinks it is that way, that he's he he's not gonna get that credit that he did as if he would have stayed in OKC. I mean, I think he's calling it the way everybody else thinks it is, and, and some people were just it's just making headlines that a that a All Star Hall of Fame guy that's old school is like, dude, you bitched out. We don't do that crap back then. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Back then, people stayed the same teams and competed. And you have like Clyde Frazier, Walt Frazier, like the guy saying, yeah, Katie's a bitch for doing that. Like, he he gets he doesn't get credit. For that. There's an asterisk by his name. Definitely. And I don't know if. You know, like KD will still make the Hall of Fame and and still go down in history, um, but I think Boo. especially for our generation, this generation of basketball fans, I think for us, even if it's not on paper, there will be that asterisk next to his name. I think there will be that that thought, that belief that he, um, you know, that that he jumped ship and he he took the easy road out. Uh, that guaranteed him success instead of fighting for success. And 
yeah, I don't know. I think uh, I'm kind of with what with what Kamyar said. He he kind of said what everyone else thinks. He is dead correct on that because KD, unless he leaves next summer and goes somewhere where it's actually a challenge to win, and he turns around and beats the Warriors or who knows, he at this point in his career he will go down like you said with an asterisk next to his name where he won all these things and he he did all this, but it still wasn't as impressive as his stats appear. You know, he's almost like stat sheet stuffing, um, you know, legacy stats, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, well, wasn't that's really wasn't good. There that, wasn't there that quote from him the other day that he said he liked not being the face of an organization because Steph takes a lot of load off of him. Yep. Didn't he say something like that? Yep. He did. And see, so, yeah, at this point, if he leaves golden state and goes somewhere like New York, where it's going to be a little more difficult for him to win, like that, City. that doesn't erase the stain of what he did. And to me, that's almost even more of a legacy move, right? Like but he went to Golden State Oklahoma because City. he thought it would be good for his legacy to get a title. But then now it's like he'll leave Golden State because he thinks it's better for his long-term view of like his history in the game to not be tied to Golden State. So it's like... He's going to go to Oklahoma City. We'll see. Well, it will be very interesting. I I think that I just don't think he has it in it. There's all these rumors that he would go to teams like New York and stuff. I think he's very comfortable where he is, and until the Warriors start imploding, if they ever do, I think he will continue to win easy rings. Um, but lastly, right. lastly for around the association, um, there is one thing that does directly affect the Thunder out of all of these things. I think the most, and that is that. The Rockets finally offloaded Ryan Anderson after shopping him for God knows how long. Um, and they have sent Anderson and D'Anthony Melton, their most recent draft pick, who was actually supposed to be a first-round pick in the 20s and for whatever reason fell to them in the second round. So he was he was a steal for them. Um, they got rid of them two for Marquise Chris, who was a top-10 pick uh, in the draft two years ago. And Brandon Knight, who has been hurt, but before he got hurt, he was—he looked decent. Yeah, uh, you know, a backup point guard in this league. I wouldn't call him a starter by any means. Um, but what do you think about this trade overall? Obviously, I think the Rockets won. Um, does this make them better than they already were? And what do you think the motive for Phoenix was here? Because it seems like they took a fat L. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, you know, I, I was, I've kind of been thinking about what the point is for Phoenix in this trade. And, like, it's not super money-based. I think part of it is maybe they were really interested in DeAnthony Milton. And I think the other part is with DeAndre Ayton, I think they wanted to pair a, uh, a guy that can shoot, a guy that can stretch the floor and open up space inside for, for Ayton. And um, Ryan Anderson, for his lack of ability to do certain things, he can shoot the ball. Um, as far as the Rockets are concerned, I mean, Brandon Knight is like, he, he just hasn't put it together. Maybe he puts it together down there in a better organization around veterans. You know, that's definitely possible. And, I, I mean, Brandon Knight hasn't been relevant in three years, you know, and I know they're going to bring him in as a backup uh, to to play off the bench behind Chris Paul, but I mean Brandon Knight just 
doesn't really scare me. To me, like at this point in his career, Brandon Wright is like a middle-of-the-road backup point guard. You know, I would take um, Schroeder. I would take Marcus Smart. I would take um, uh, Van Vliet. I would take uh, Napier. Corey Joseph. Corey Joseph. You know, there's – I would take probably – Ligma. Shut up. I would take probably over <laughs> half the league's backup point guards before I took Brandon Knight. So, I mean, I, I, I think Houston is trying to make – this feels like a, a swing for the fences from Houston for me, right? They unload Ryan Anderson, but they take on a, a, basically the same contract in Brandon Knight. And they're just hoping that one of these two guys can be a huge difference maker on the bench that they can pan out unlike uh, what they did in Phoenix. So here's my deal about this entire thing. I don't know what the hell Daryl Morey is doing in Houston. I mean, they let go He's Trevor He's playing Reza. chess while we're playing checkers, buddy. That's what NBA Twitter tells me. They let go of Trevor Ariza. They let go of Luke Mbamute. They are signing... Instead, in their places, they had uh, Ennis. Is it Tyler Ennis or is the other Ennis? James Ennis. I forget which Ennis it is. Uh, But it doesn't really matter. But they replace Trevor Riza and Luka Mbamute, which are two. Uh, One is definitely a 3 and D wing. The other one developed kind of a three-point shot. And... The Rockets played much better with Luka Mbamute at the four than they did with Ryan Anderson. And they're replacing these guys with Carmelo Anthony, who will probably end up getting a starting job because all the reports said he's coming off the bench. And he says, wait, what? So that's one thing. Then you have Marquise Chris, which it makes sense for Phoenix to get rid of Marquise Chris because... Phoenix has Trevor Ariza, and they have T.J. Warren, and they have other guys there Josh at that three slash four. Yeah, yeah they, they have they have too many people at that three slash four, and it's, it's not going to work. So Marquise Chris, that makes sense, and getting Brandon Knight, who he's kind of been a malcontent in Phoenix. Guy can't play defense. He's he's been a little bit washed in Phoenix, but I can't tell if it's because it's Phoenix and he's been unhealthy, just like Bledsoe, or what the deal is. But you're replacing all these defensive stoppers between Mbamute and Ariza with guys that are not defense-oriented. And what made the Rockets really good this last year, not only was because, duh, they had the most efficient offense in history, that's like a stat, but also they had a top five NBA defense. Yep. Am I expected to believe that, yes, CP3, he plays great defense, although he's going to be missing 30 games. They have Clint Capella, who's good. They got him at a discount. Good job. But P.J. Tucker, Carmelo Anthony, and James Harden, like, are, is that going to put out a top five NBA defense, especially with these new additions? I don't think so. So I, I really don't understand that move from Houston as far as when people say, oh, they're swinging from the fences. If they were swinging for the fences, they would have kept the damn team together Yep. because they were one CP3 injury away from going to the NBA 
finals. They yeah. had the Warriors on the ropes. So they should have kept that band together, but they decided not to, and they're moving in this odd direction. And you get rid of one bad contract. Ryan Anderson, he's owed $20 million this year and next year. For another bad contract, off an ACL tear, Rotten Knight, he's owed $14.5 million this year and next year. So, and I, I, don't, I don't get it. I, don't, I, don't, I really do, do not get it. The Marquise Chris stuff, okay, cool. That does fit Phoenix. And that, 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 I mean, that does fit Houston. That three, four guy that shoots threes can shoot, but the Brandon Knight stuff, I don't, I don't get that at all. It doesn't make any sense. Does it move the needle for the Rockets? Uh, yeah, but in the wrong direction as far as playing basketball. You're there. It's it's going to be. It's going to end up them being somewhat like the Nuggets, where their defense is kind of porous, and they're going to be porous on nights that they play good teams and they're going to have to outscore these good teams. And the point for Phoenix, um, I mean, they get a stretch guy that's going to clear cap. And the, the Phoenix knows they're not going to win a title in the next couple of years. So this guy takes up cap space. They're going to have a lot of cap space in a couple of years. And then they have, in the meanwhile, they have a guy that's a project. In the meantime, they also have a guy to put on the floor to space with DeAndre Ayton. Maybe that's, that's my guess. Definitely. And, the the whole Houston aspect, I I love the way you put this, Comiar, and it kind of made me start to think, you know, we're saying like if Houston wanted to compete again this year and wanted a chance at a title, you just bring the band back, you know, because like you said, they're they're a Chris Paul injury in Game Six, away from from going to the finals, and it kind of reminds me of Oklahoma City Thunder of uh, the summer of 2016. Whenever yep. I was saying, you know, the Thunder were a uh, a two minute stretch of a meltdown in the fourth quarter of Game Five, away from or uh, not Game Five, sorry, Game Six, away from going to the NBA Finals, uh, they just need to bring the band back together one more time and go for it. And then the next thing we know, they're trading Serge Ibaka, you know. And I obviously it's a very different scenario, but. That Serge Ibaka trade is, is a lot similar to them letting Trevor Ariza walk. And um, I, I don't know. The similarities there are interesting. But, yeah, I'm with you. Like, the the reason they were in that series in the Western Conference Finals was because of their defense. I mean, they were holding the Warriors to, like, 90 a game. They, those games were in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And so now you lost arguably your best defender um, in, in Trevor Ariza. And I saw a stat – Ariza guarded the the best player on a, on the opposing team more than any other player in the NBA last year. I mean, he was yes. the, he was the guy that guard guarded Paul George, LeBron James. He was a stopper. Kevin Durant, yeah. And so you lose that. You lose Luke and Bob Mute, who was good on the defensive end for you. You kept PJ Tucker, but PJ Tucker, by the time the playoffs get here, PJ Tucker is going to be thirty four years old. You know, Carmelo Anthony is already 34 years old. Brandon Knight can't play defense and is coming off an ACL tear. Uh, you, you know, it just, I, I have a hard time. And, it, you know, for a long time I've been wondering, like, is this just a homer opinion of mine, being a Thunder fan, that I think Houston's screwing up right here? But I don't think so. I think Houston has, like, I think Houston last season was in, like, the second tier of Western Conference teams all by themselves. It was Golden State Tier 1, Houston Tier 2, 
and then teams like Oklahoma City and Utah and maybe San Antonio in Tier 3. Now I feel like it's Golden State Tier 1, and then Houston is just clumped with all those other teams now. And so it, uh, it'll be really interesting to see yeah. what happens this season. Like, I think Houston still got a top four seed. I think Houston's going to be just fine in the regular season. I think we're going to see um, the gutting of this roster really hurt them when it comes to the playoffs. I agree. When it comes to, I mean, we saw it last year with with Carmelo. I mean, Utah just targeted him every possession in the fourth quarter, just trying to make him switch on a pick and roll and just killing him every time to the point where he had to be benched. So, I mean, they can now teams can do that against Melo. They can do that against Harden. They can do that against uh, Marquise Chris. They can do that against Brandon Knight. Um, a lot easier ways to expose that Houston defense now. Expose him. Any other yep. thoughts? So I think uh, I think that's all we have for um, you know non-thunder related NBA news. Unless there's something else someone can think about. Oh, I did. I didn't mention um, David West um, and Manu Ginobili uh, both retired. David West is a smaller retirement, obviously, but he is he is a uh, he retired uh, you know, a champion. But he he also oh, is an old dude. Oklahoma City guy back whenever they were the Hornets, you know. So oh, that yeah. is something that something that kind of is close to home. Uh, Manu was a lot bigger of a deal. Uh, what do you what do you what direction do you see the Spurs going forward? Uh, I know now they're in they're in rebuild mode. They they did a lot of good drafting when those guys were younger, and now they're all retired. So what direction do they go now? I think Pop's, I mean, Pop's gone in the next two years. Yeah. Yeah, Pop's gone in the next couple of years. What makes me think, because I was on the fringe of, are the Spurs going to make the playoffs? And not that Manu Ginobili makes like a big deal, but at the same time, like he was contributing you know, at least 7, 8, 10, 12 points for the last however many seasons in his old age. And now like that core of Timmy Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu are gone, and you're left with LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, Demar Derozan, who's that? Who's your third? Who's your third best player? Is it Pau Gasol? Rudy Is it Gobert? Patty Mills? Not Is Rudy it... Gobert. Sorry, what? Rudy Gay. Rudy Gay. Rudy Gay. <laughs> Not Rudy Gobert. Is Rudy. Rudy which who, who's their who's their third best player? Pau, Rudy Gay, or Patty Patty Mills? Because that's an issue. Pau's old as hell. Rudy Gay doesn't play defense, and, and he's getting he's, old. And he's old, and he has an Achilles issue that he ha- was rehabbing last year. And then Patty Mills, the guy is really small, and he can't play much defense. Yeah. So their whole team. Is I don't just think old, the Spurs man. will make the playoffs. Like it's, it's Lamarcus sad. Aldridge, Rudy Gay, Pau Gasol, and they let Kyle Anderson go. So now the only like young piece they really have is Dejounte Murray. Yep. And David Bertans or David Bertans or whatever you he want to call count it. Count as a young asset. He's he's going to be a role player his entire career. They their so, team is is old, but they've lost the guys that made San Antonio made that culture what it was. So I'm I'm just curious to see how they do this year. If they're going to be a fringe eight seven eight seed, or if they just totally just fall off. You know, knowing yeah. Pop's system without Kawhi. I mean, they freaking made it work for the most part of the year, which is just this outstanding because it's pop system. Yeah, they play great defense. But at the same defense. time, yeah, but at the same time, you know, you let a lot of your you let your good 
defenders go. You yep. you let go Danny Green. You let go of Kyle Anderson, who is an NBA player, and are replacing. Like, what's what's the what's the Spurs starting lineup look like next year? Dejounte Murray, Demar, what, Patty Mills at the. Oh yeah, duh. Dejounte Murray, Demar Derozan, Rudy Gay at the three. LMA at the four and Powell at the five. Probably, yeah. With uh, with guys the, like the Kings, Patty Mills, Patty Patty Mills, not Mills, Patty Mills, <laughs> Lonnie Walker, Bellinelli, Jacob Pertle, ya- Jakob Pertle, um, Derek Jacob White, Turtle. Davis Bertans. Those guys coming off the bench. Turtle. Um, I, yeah, I think I, I think the Spurs are a candidate um, for blow it up and tank within the next two years because they just don't I have don't think their, their youngest guys on the roster are DeJounte Murray, Lonnie Walker and Pirtle and Derek white. Yeah. But Derek white was a four year college guy. He's going into his second year. He's, he's 24, 25 years old already. I mean, I know that's young, but I mean, like they're not going to blow it up as long as pop is there. Pops. Yeah. That, that, pops, and that's what I think. Pop's I think be out for the blow up. what once pop is gone, I think you let these older dudes retire or you trade them or whatever. And, you, and San Antonio's just got to start the rebuild, man. I mean, but you also got to give it up to them because that's a hell of a run for nearly 30 years now. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what direction they go. I I don't have a clue. I mean, I, I, I thought they'd be bad last year like you guys said and they still ended up being decent without their best player so who, who yeah. knows what they can do with pop schemes last question on this before we go uh manu ginobili best lefty in uh to ever play probably not nah i mean i think i think the direction harden's going he'll he'll be the best lefty uh, over that's, him that's at probably least. fair to say yeah it's probably fair to say but one of the best easily he uh he he was freaking good, dude. My favorite Manu m- memory is whenever he uh, he killed that bat with his bare hand. That was awesome. That was some bo- that was some baller status stuff. But the Euro step is definitely pretty amazing and something that he brought to yeah. his game and uh, also his flopping. Yep. Well, also yeah. Speaking his, of speaking of Harden, James his Harden. game is. Oh yeah! On top of that, there a lot of James Harden's game is modeled off of Manu. So, yep, yep, good stuff, man. I'm gonna yeah, miss Manu. You know who I mean, was but, also a left-handed player? Who? Bill Russell. Was Bill Russell a lefty? I guess I didn't know that. Yes. I don't think I knew that either. So yeah, Andy, Manu's not the best lefty Andy ever, Flip. but Manu's top five lefty. Yep. And a guy that was willing to play his role and and played it well his entire career. Yeah, James Harden. Sixth man. And uh, I know he wasn't a lefty, but Larry Bird got a triple double playing left handed, so I guess he's probably yeah. better than half he's probably better than half the actual lefties in the league right now. Larry Bird playing left-handed. is the best American born white guy to probably ever play in the NBA. Yeah. Is that fair to say? I think, yeah, I think you don't even have to say American born. I think he's just the best white guy he's playing in the NBA. Period. I'd agree with that. Probably, yeah. They called him the Great White Hope. Uh, we've yes. got totally off topic here, but um, 
one of my favorite Larry Bird stories of all time was he and this this guy from Indiana. I forgot who it was, but he and this guy from Indiana um, had been trash talking each other for like a long time. Like it had started in the preseason and they had just been kind of going back like through the media and stuff. And they played a Christmas gate Christmas Day game. And um, they were gay dame christmas gay dame christmas gay uh, a christmas day game gay. and they were talking trash on the court during the christmas game and uh the, the guy from indiana that had been talking the talking trash was sitting on the bench and larry bird caught a pass in the corner at the three-point line right in front of the indiana bench he caught it he pulled up released and right as the ball came off his hand, he didn't even watch it get to the rim. He turned around and looked the guy in the eye and said, Merry Christmas, motherfucker, and ran back on defense <laughs> as the ball went through the hoop. And I was like, that is the most awesome. baller I've ever heard in my life. That is awesome. <laughs> Do you think Larry Bird would be able to even defend modern-day NBA players? No, he would get cooked. He'd, he, he could – I bet, dude – he would be an insane offensive player. Like, he'd be like Kevin Durant-esque offensive player in this league. Okay. But, God, they would just torch him on defense. Oh, for sure. No, no lateral quickness. He just wouldn't have no. a lateral quickness for today's game. Yep. All right, let's move on to a new episode or a new edition of the Pop Culture Minute. It's over 9,000! Winter is coming. I told you a million times, my teeth are coming in. It's called cleidocranial dysplasia. Wakanda forever! Yeah, man, we're talking about NBA 2K, the game that I play. Nick, do you play NBA 2K? Yeah, I actually downloaded the uh, demo last night around 9 p.m. after that Miami game, and I played it till 1 a.m., and I finished the demo, and it's good. Um, uh, Jacob Niffin does not play NBA 2K. I just, I just want to throw that out there, I, everybody. I do not play NBA 2K. Um, so anyways, so heard of the giveaway, and the winner was at Russell Westbrook. B- West BRUK. We're going to talk about the ratings of the starting five that NBA 2K believes will be the starting five for OKC. They have Jeremy Grant in there instead of Patrick Patterson, in which many people, including myself, think will be the actual starter at the four. We'll go through some of the ratings and we'll go through what we what else you know we think. So Russell Westbrook is rated as a 93, which is actually one point underneath Giannis. And I'm very offended by that. Andre Robertson is actually, I think, one point up from last year. He's yep. a, he's a 76. And literally all of its defense, his perimeter defense is like a Involving that is uh, he's like an elite lockdown defender. PG, I think, is down a couple. Um, he's now at an 89 instead of like a 90 or 91. That one kind of the same at seventy five. What? Tell me, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, sorry, you were cutting out pretty bad. Um, I'll just edit that out. Paul George had an eighty nine. Whenever, um... oh god, why did I just go blank? The kid from Boston. 
Oh, Jason Tatum. And Jason Tatum's an 87. That's kind of disrespectful. Like, I think Paul George should be higher. They, I agree with that. Hay- Hayward's an 89, too, I think. Oh, well, yeah, but Hayward's white. <laughs> Great reason. But Jeremy Grant is a 75. That's and- bullshit. Become a way better passer and gets to the line a lot more. And is a better defender, not just a rim protector. Here's my my argument with the Jeremy Grant rating. Like, in comparison to other players, like, they have um, Kuzma seven points higher than Jeremy Grant. That's ridiculous. And, like, if we're going to, like, what what has Kuzma done in the league? You know, like, he put up decent stats on, like. He can put the basket through the hoop. he, He put up decent stats for a an awful Lakers team last year. You know, like I think seven points of having him seven points above Jeremy Grant is a little ridiculous, but I also understand that NBA 2K is probably looking way more at um, like raw stats and, um, and, and yeah, just ability to score the ball rather than like defense and small things. Um, so, so I, I guess I can see it in that aspect, but I still think like, Jeremy Grant isn't they don't even have him as one of the top 50 power forwards on the game where I I feel pretty comfortable saying Jeremy Grant's probably a top 30 power forward in the league right now. I bet 2K and Nick you can, might be able to answer this cuz I haven't played the demo. I bet 2K still has him listed as a small forward slash power forward instead of a power forward. See, I don't know because you can't actually play uh, um like Real games, finals. Yeah. We, no, you. Yeah, that, and you have to play. The, the majority of the demo is is like you're my player. You, you basically uh, what they have is you. You don't. You don't get drafted, so you go play overseas in China for a year and have to get recognition before you enter the draft the next year. Uh, so it's, okay. So it's so it, you can't actually play. Gotcha. You can't actually play with the teams and see all that kind of stuff yet. But it does come out. Uh, I believe in about a week and a half. I have it pre-ordered already. Um, yeah. But it'll be, I mean, they, they, they had him as a small forward in the last game, which was like, doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah, but because... last, last year he played um, like majority of his time at center. Yeah. And that's, and that's what I'm saying. So Yeah, here you go. I just looked up a, on the 2K ratings. A... They have him as a small forward. See, okay, there you go. There you go, because he's a small forward. Because last year he played the majority of his games at power forward and in center, so that might be part of it. So consider that. Steve Adams went down a point to 84, which I thought was interesting, but you know, whatever. A lot of people went down, so it's not like they're disrespecting the Thunder. But at the same time, Jason Tatum at 87 is kind of a little bit ridiculous. But yeah, anyway, have we talked about this in the last pod? They have uh, I'm, bl- I'm pulling a Jacob now, and I'm blanking on the name. Uh, Clint Capella um, as an 84 as well. So as long as they're not disrespecting Steve in that way, I think he's right at the same as as yeah. Capella. So yeah, as long as they're I, both I 84s, yeah, I think they're they're both really even. So I would agree with that. I don't. I don't think Stephen Adams is, and maybe he'll have a good year or a bigger year. He, we thought he was, we was going to have a massive year this year, but you know, turns out Carmelo takes the ball and just doesn't give it to anybody. So, but anyways, what are your thoughts and what do you expect from Patrick Patterson, Schroeder, Nerlens, Tferg, and TLC from their ratings? So this is this is from 2K18. 
uh, Dennis Schroeder's 2K18 rating was an 81. Patrick Patterson, he was a 74. Nerland's Noel was a 77. Tferg was a 70, along with TLC. He was also a 70. What do you expect their 2K ratings to be this year? So I talked about this a little bit last week as well. I think, I, like, honestly, I think Tferg and TLC will will slide up a little bit. At least that's the hope. I, I think Tferg going into his second season, um, you typically, players that are, are typically going to stick in the league, they typically make a jump in in year two, right? And um, like a lot of times, you hear a lot of arguments like, "Oh, this player should be uh, most improved player." Well, year one to year two is like probably the biggest growth jump that a lot of players make. So I would expect Tferg to go up a bit, um, and then also for I mean, Patrick Patterson just had such a bad season last year. He struggled to find a rhythm, uh, basically playing out of position as the five off the bench a lot having to play behind Carmelo Anthony. So you'd hope that goes up. And then with Schroeder. I think just... Patrick Patterson is going to stay the same or probably go down like one or two points because of that. I don't think they're looking at it upside. Yeah, I agree. And then Schroeder, um, I think he'll be more productive in less minutes in Oklahoma City because he'll just be playing with better players. Um, and he'll, he'll have a more defined role. He won't be the offensive focal point like he was in Atlanta. And if his three-point shooting, if he can pull that back up, which whenever Atlanta was, like, really good back in the day, he actually shot a really good three-point percentage from, like, catch-and-shoot threes. So if he can get back to that, um, I I would assume his rating would rise up at least a couple of points. I think Schroeder's going to end up being, like, this is what I think. I think Patrick Patterson's going to end up being, like, a 73 I think Schroeder's going to end up being like a 79. Nerlens will probably actually go down to a 74, 75. T. Ferg will probably jump up to a 72 or 73. And TLC will probably be a 71 or something like that. Yep. And and let me kind of rephrase because what I was saying. Because a lot saying. of these players, you're seeing their ratings drop. Yeah. Um, th- I, I maybe misspoke. That's what I think will happen to them throughout the season. Um not for the initial rankings, like the initial ratings once they come out. Yeah. When the initial ratings come out, yes, I think I think a lot of these guys will drop a bit. I'm with you on that. Um, sorry, I, I misinterpreted the question as like, where will they end up at this season? And so I, I think there's a chance they, they go up as the season goes on. But uh, yeah, originally, like when the game comes out in a week and a half, yeah, like Patterson will be low. Schroeder will be low. Well, they update the games so often you could hardly ever keep track so yeah isn't it like weekly they change the ratings like weekly maybe daily nowadays oh, uh, wow. something like something like that yeah like they 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 update the game a lot as soon as you buy it and especially after it gets in the first couple weeks of the season yeah for sure that makes sense but that's all i got for the uh, pop culture minute video games awesome well We'll call it quits for the day. We've we've podcasted for about an hour now. So uh, thank you guys for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed it, please go leave a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. That would mean the world to us. We're, we're closing right in on 50 ratings on iTunes. So, so that'll be awesome. Um, follow us on... 
Twitter, on SoundCloud, on Google Play. The, the Twitter account is at the underscore uncontested. You can check out our website at theuncontestedsports.com for articles, bios, all sorts of cool stuff. We'll have more articles dropping as the season nears. Guys, you we're can only like follow me on Instagram there. You can follow Kamiya on do, Instagram. Do, do we have an uncontested Instagram? No. Nope. We can make one. Oh, okay. Well, for right now, you can just, just go follow Kamiya himself. Penises. Uh, yeah, just follow me. That'd be awkward. Um, training camp is in like three weeks, guys. A little less than three weeks, actually. Thanks, anyway. So it's pretty close. Who's gonna bring the organic apples to practice without yeah. Kyle Singler? God. God damn it. Just another thing we gotta take care of, man. Make sure you follow these guys. Nick is at Two Cranes on Twitter. Kamiar is at Boomtown RW. He's covering a lot of bas- er, basketball, a lot of football stuff right now. So if you're into that, check him out. I'm busy. I am at Thundermob405. Uh, that's all we got. You guys take Taylor, it easy. Taylor got married. Taylor got married. Oh, Taylor got married. We didn't. Wh- why did we not say that until just now? Taylor got because married. He's- and Shit. he is at the whitest place on earth right now. Branson, Missouri. Hold on. Hold on. Oh. I already said it. Branson, Missouri. Guess. Also known as the Christian Las Vegas. He uh, just sold his soul. So I hope he is having fun at is Silver Dollar City in Branson. Yep. I hope he's having fun at Silver Dollar City. Um, so shout out to, uh, to Taylor. Go... Wish Peter, him a long Peterson. and happy marriage, and uh, and we will see you guys. At least for his first wife. <laughs> we'll see you guys in a week. Bye. Bye. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.